for our feature interview this week. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. We're going to talk to Laura O'Driscoll, an incredibly strong athlete across so many different disciplines. Laura, over the last couple of years, she's won the Adventure Race Series in 2018. She's won the Dingle Adventure Race in 2019. She won the Wicklow A 50 miler. She won the Raw Ultra 50 miler. And this year, she's won the Seven Sisters Skyline as well as the Kerry Way Ultra Light just a couple of weeks ago. She's an incredible athlete and I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating story and I'm dying to find out what her secrets are, what makes her be able to consistently get on the podium and knock out these incredible wins. So let's dial in. Laura O'Driscoll. Laura O'Driscoll, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much, John. <laughs> uh, Laura, great to have you. And Laura, you, you have a fascinating story to tell. Um, from qualifying for an Ironman World Championship to a potential sport-ending knee injury and then coming back to, as I said just in the intro there, to, to win various trail and mountain races, winning the Adventure Race Series in 2018, winning a, a national 50k title and so many more victories and podiums over the last couple of years and you've also become a yoga teacher along the way of course as well. But maybe we could start off in, in a moment that maybe was a rebirth for you. When you had a very bad car accident that resulted, I think, in a torn meniscus. Yeah. And yeah. that you thought that you might be finished as an athlete. And did, did that have a, have a massive impact on you? And maybe did you have a different outlook on sport and maybe even life after that accident? Um, probably. <laughs> um, I guess. From I, I I've always kind of been into running from a very early age. Um, I would have started though with sprinting and long jump track and field, and was quite competitive. So I've always been competitive. And uh, when somebody tells me I can't do something, it makes me want to do it even more. So when I had uh, the car accident happened, um, I was actually training for my first seventy point three. It was the first one that was going to be in Ireland over in Galway um, at the end of that summer. And I'd been over with my sister. She lives in Reno in Nevada. And I'd been doing a good bit of running out there. And we were doing a little bit um, around Lake Tahoe, so a little bit of altitude. And I came back and I was feeling brilliant. And uh, about two days later, uh, a car crashed into me <laughs> and uh, spun me a few times. And to be honest, I was really lucky, I think, because uh, I was in good shape. Um, I, I got out of it a, a lot um, safer than maybe somebody in, in less condition, but I managed to hit my knee off the steering column, so I tore the meniscus quite badly and a bit of whiplash, but um, it kind of knocked me in my tracks, because up until that, I was just going hell for leather, like, and not really stopping to kind of take take track, you know, like, I was doing a bit of um, strength, a little bit of mobility, but not really, like, I was just running and biking and, and tearing around the place, so it's yeah. definitely in the class, so, so I went from, like, 100 and whatever percent to zero within, like, you know, the space of that that accident, so, um, yeah, it uh, it was definitely a, a, a good kind of wake-up call, and uh, when, when I got, like, initially, the meniscus, it was kind of, it wasn't fully torn, it was, like, on, on the verge of, so I didn't really know what had happened. It just felt like the knee was really unstable. And then it was a couple of weeks later, I was just getting off the bus and it just went, the knee just kind of went from under me. And I went and the, the basically the the, um, the consultants told me like, uh, yeah, it's a full tear. And, uh, and all I want to know, can I run like, you know? <laughs> and uh, 
they were basically like, yeah, well, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, we, we'll try and get you there, but you'd be lucky to kind of be doing five, 10 Ks max, like none of your kind of Ironman stuff for that. So I was, <laughs> I, I don't take kindly to people telling me what to do. So <laughs> um, I was determined to kind of get back to it. So I kind of was a bit stubborn and um, was kind of doing kind of, uh, initially I was kind of on the trainer trying to do like one, one legged <laughs> cycling and, one arm swimming because I the whiplash predominantly on my left side and uh like the running was out the window like but uh yeah I, I kind of tried to continue to train like so that was in the I think that would have been the June and the the um Galway was in the September. So I was still kind of determined to, to do it and uh which where I couldn't run I was back in the elliptical and uh then I actually ended up doing Galway with a lot of diphene in me, which is, was not a very sensible way to approach any race. And uh it was horrific conditions. <laughs> and uh, I think half the profile probably dropped out because it was actually like a hypothermic conditions, particularly on the bike. And it was not really survival of the fitness, more so survival of the most stubborn. And uh with that I managed to qualify for the worlds from it. But um I couldn't walk hardly after it. I was only kind of jogging then by Christmas, I think. So, yeah, it was, a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, definitely um, that, that year then, because I qualified, um, I got a bit caught up again with, with my ego and uh, my rehab wasn't going great, obviously, like it's the meniscus. And bit by bit, though, a fr friend's mind started recommending me to go to this particular yoga teacher that I had gone to a couple of times, but she was a little bit far out. And uh, I started going back to her and I just found I just gradually it was more like kind of um, like a power flow yoga. So there was a lot of strength work and um, mobilization of the joints. And uh, over time, gradually, I started to uh, feel the benefits and I'd gone back to the consultant because I was kind of up for surgery. And he was kind of like, look, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. We'll take you off the list, but we'll put you on the public list just in case, you know, you, you do decide like, you know, when a few months time, you'll, you'll have a better idea of the rehab. And um, yeah, so I guess the yoga, although it was the physical that I was going to at first, then gradually over time, it kind of, um, uh, I guess it started affecting me mentally as well. You know, I, I was a bit more chilled out and, a little less ego driven. I was still determined to do the world though, so it didn't. Yeah. Um, Laura, in what year was all that going on? Oh, Jesus. Um, was that, I don't know, maybe 2011, maybe 12, around that time? Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, say before the, the car accident happened, you, you were doing your triathlons, but you hadn't really discovered trail racing, mountain racing, road running or anything like that. Dip, dipping your toes in, in the triathlon world only? Um, no, I'd say like I would have been runner before I was at else. So um, I guess when I was doing running uh, when I was younger, uh, when I say younger, like, you know, like pre-teens, teens, and um, I developed a kind of a, uh, like at the time it was probably just ITB syndrome and uh, kind of pulling the knee, but it took me out for a year. When I got back, I'd lost the speed. And when you're a sprinter and you lose your speed, and you're competitive, um, it's hard to get back. So I um, I just used to run then for just for the love of it. Like, so I was always running. Um, and then I was a lifeguard in college. So that was like my part-time job. And I used to cycle everywhere. I didn't actually drive properly until my mid-20s. <laughs> so the triathlon, I kind of just fell into. But 
I would always say still that the running was kind of the main driver behind it, but co competing, I wasn't doing as much running, but I was doing the odd kind of um, trail run here and there, like in the odd road run, like, but not in, not in two years. So, I mean, always very active and you can see the building blocks that were there for maybe the success that you have now and over the last couple of years, very active um, childhood, involved in athletics, working as a lifeguard, um, lots and lots of cycling. And without maybe you realising, developing this massive aerobic powerhouse of a system um, that, that you're using now to, to win all these races everywhere. Um, and, and I'm fascinated to talk maybe later on in the conversation about Mr. Eagle that you've mentioned as well. Yeah. You, you, you said that, <laughs> that you had it and maybe it was a problem um, before the car accident and just after it because you thought you could compete when you were injured, but that yoga helped get get rid of that and um, and and I know that I heard you speaking before about your your running career and there was absolutely no evidence of any ego in in the conversation that I heard you with. It was with um, Robbie Marsh on the Inspirational oh, yeah. Runner podcast, yeah. and he had just won a couple of races, and you, you wouldn't know that you were a prolific podium finisher. <laughs> um, so, so maybe when, when we touch on, on onto the yoga story, we can come across that again. But I know then I think a couple of years after the car accident, you moved away from Ireland for a couple of years. And that's why maybe people would, wouldn't have seen you um, racing and competing back home. Yeah, I did. Um, I had lived away previously just after college um, back in 2006, 2007. And uh, that was kind of more like a trip around the world backpacking, but I, I stayed quite a, a while in New Zealand working and tipped into um, Australia and South, South America and Southeast Asia and that. But I'd always kind of, I came back and I know a lot of my family and friends were like, oh, box is ticked now, she's, she's home now for good, that's it. And I guess the bug was always there. Like I always, I wouldn't even say the travel bug, but just the adventure bug, just kind of looking for adventure and experiences. And um I guess time was ticking as well at that stage because um, you know you only have till a certain age to use your um, your holiday visa for like Australia and Canada, the working holiday. So I was like, um, it, sure. I'd I kind of gone back to college to do teaching, and there wasn't a whole heap of stuff going on either with that in Ireland. So um, I took my chances and I headed off. I, I guess part of it was I was hoping to do because I. Uh, after all, all the <laughs> the accident and the the triathlon and, and the worlds and all that, like I I kind of realised that I actually I loved the yoga uh, side. I wanted to immerse myself in it by going to India. To not actually intention, my intention wasn't to teach yoga initially. It was just to go to India and kind of immerse myself in it. And then it just kind of made sense to do the teaching because it was about the same price <laughs> and it made me yeah. there and learn everything really. And then I stayed a little bit longer and kind of went to a chalet and stuff. Um, so that was kind of the start of my travels. And uh, then I went to Nepal and I got my um, visa for Australia, just kind of planning on going there. Um, just for a few months really like maybe half a year and then I ended up staying there a couple of years in the end um I got a, a nice teaching job and met a lot of good people and then time was running out in my Canadian visa so uh, I said feck it I'll, I'll go there now so that was that was kind of my travels it wasn't really um a, a, for a want of escaping it was just more for the 
the love of the adventure. Really like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading reading the book, Laura. Well, maybe you write the book. It sounds like a Christmas bestseller. Um, and, and when you're over in Australia in Canada, Laura, I mean, was there any structured training going on? I suppose I'm asking because when you did come back um, within a short period of time, as we've said, you began to win races and adventure race series and so on. So were you were you training hard when you were in Australia and Canada? Yeah, I'd say like even from from when I left, like going to India, like those couple of months was pretty hardcore yoga. Then Nepal, it was a mountain biking um, that I was doing there um, for a month and a half. And then when I got to Australia, I kind of fell in very much with the trail running scene there and uh, just loved it. And it was such a nice way of meeting people. Like, uh, there was cool, like I was living in Melbourne, which is like, you know, you're in the city, but there was cool, like the Yarra trails. There was trails that you could go to very easily after work. And then I just kind of met people at races and got really into it and used to go out into the mountains and that. So I wouldn't say structure training, but I was always running like and I was doing quite a lot of road biking in Australia and swimming as well. Like so. Um, and then with Canada, um, that's really where I guess I did. I did. A, I did like tra- um, the Solomon Trail running series, like when I was in Melbourne and a few of the, the longer races. I did one of the Skyline races. Um, Buffalo Stampede, which killed me. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, why would you do this? <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know, I, I kind of was dabbling in the mountain scene, but it was definitely more the trail running. And then when I got to Canada, I moved to a town called Squamish, which is just north of Vancouver. And uh, it was just, just deadly. Like people, literally anyone really who, who went to live there was coming for either trail running mountain biking rock climbing you name it kind of any kind of outdoorsy thing so it was kind of you kind of worked your lifestyle around your your sport and uh, got big time into probably that's where the the distances started getting longer because I just kind of got in with um a crew who just loved going out running for hours and hours and hours and there was just so much scope for it like I hardly left Squamish to be honest like I was there for a year and a half and every weekend there were some adventures to be had, like, because people would ask me, well, you're in Canada and did you go here? Did you go there? And I'm like, mm, not really. Because <laughs> uh, it was just, yeah, it was just a playground. It was, it was brilliant. So I was running. Yeah. It, it sounds it sounds fantastic, Laura. And I'm sure, like myself, all the listeners that are listening in are just picturing being over in this Canadian village where there's mountains everywhere and everybody is running yeah. and mountain biking and cycling. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it sounds incredible it sounds fantastic um did you were you competitive when you were in canada on australia were, were you coming um on podiums while you were there too um yeah uh, yeah I, I was um in in australia from the trail runners like i i had i'd won the the victoria trail running series and um I, I was just it was kind of shorter runs i guess than what i do now they were kind of more like between 10 and 20k um, yeah. And they were flatter, uh, so you could really run them. It was a uh, really, really enjoyable race. And I would have done a few of the, the half marathons along the, the coast and that. So, yeah, no, I'd, I was competitive enough down there. And then in Canada, um, again, more so in the trail running, I did a couple of the mountain races. I actually concussed myself in, in my first mountain race out there, the, the Whistler Alpine Meadows. I, I hit my head off a rock and then <laughs> it was going good up until that. But um 
yeah, like I, I would have been competitive um, on the running scene more so. I wasn't really doing the adventure running out, racing out there because Ireland is nice because you can adventure race on a road bike. I'm yeah. not both mountain biking, but I'm, I'm not the greatest at it. Like, so Ireland's nice that you can, but whereas when I was in Canada and Australia, really, it was if you were adventure racing, you're on a mountain bike. So um, I just kind of stuck with the running more so than racing like. Yeah. It, it sounds like that the um, the Irish and female um, field on the mountain running and trail running scene back home didn't stand a chance. They didn't know what was coming, Laura, when, when you did decide to come home. Um, because it sounds like you were doing incredible racing and incredible performances while you're away. And then you decided to, to come home. Um, did you come home as a trained yoga teacher, Laura, at that stage? I did, yeah, because I had, I had done the training in India at the start of my travels. Um, I only, I taught, like, because I was teaching in two secondary schools out in Australia, so I actually just did the yoga teaching there as part of, like, my teaching in the school. But um, then in Canada, uh, when I got there, because the village, <laughs> the town, there, there wasn't that much scope for my line of work, so I ended up working in a cafe and teaching yoga then in the studio uh, initially until I kind of got my full-time job. Uh, so and I kept the yoga teaching on there so yeah I came back uh, with that in the pocket which was nice yeah yeah and, and I know you have your your own YouTube channel now for athletes as well and maybe you know it's a good it's a good stopping point for us for you to talk about your yoga that you do now and how important yoga can be for athletes and um, i know myself Laura, over the last couple of weeks the, the listeners know well at this stage i've been telling them about it the trouble that i had this summer after being on the bike for eight weeks in lockdown here in grand canaria and i just tightened up my hip flexors tightened up the hamstrings or maybe lengthened them i'm not too sure um, and i've been doing a bit of yoga myself and it's been fantastic it's been really enjoyable and maybe you can talk to us about the benefits of yoga for runners, especially all of us runners who have been 10, 15, 20 years pounding on the roads, running up and down mountains. I'm sure our bodies are in a terrible state. And from what I've read and from what I've seen on your own Facebook posts and so on, yoga can be a great help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess even from my own experience, I kind of went back to that, that whole uh, being ego driven. The yoga kind of stops you in your tracks and kind of gets you a little bit more in tune with your body. Like so apart from like the obvious benefits of like the, you know, the flexibility and the uh, mobilization of your joints and the strengthening and all that, the, the actual body awareness uh, is I find for athletes just like precious you know like where where you know you're maybe you're constantly injuring on one side and, and but you never kind of take the time to figure out why that is like or you keep going to the physio you keep going to the physical therapist to get a rub or you know but you're not really getting to the root cause whereas with yoga because it's with the type of yoga I teach personally it's kind of more like a slow controlled movement so you really are relying on your your stabilizers and when they're not working, you you notice that within your body, like so you're falling over or you're not holding your your body strong or whatever. So I find that one of the best benefits for athletes actually be becoming more in tune with what's going on with their body and listening to the body and like slowing down because you do. I know if if, if you're at like me going around hell hell for leather and just tearing around like and not really yeah. taking stock. Um, 
the other part like for runners what I find is like when I'm not practicing the yoga I well I mean I do injure but it's it's more so I feel that I'm not as strong like in my my core like say my form isn't the same so I find when I'm practicing yoga that I can hold that form for a lot longer which really transfers great for this like endurance um running or any any sport really endurance sport because you, you tend to be able to hold your form for a lot longer and you're more aware of how you're carrying yourself and you can kind of touch into that so do you know that's kind of the the more hidden benefits like people can automatically think of the, the flexibility and the strength and whatnot which it does have um and then there's the whole focus the mental side of it um the, the breath work like i'll have I, I can go into that dark place like <laughs> um and that's definitely uh, a good side effect of the yoga because when you're practicing you, you really yeah you're you're there you can't really think of it now so you fall over do you know like so it's it's yeah. really good for just gaining that kind of mental focus and um yeah mental strength uh even as opposed to the physical like so yeah sure. and, and any tips laura say on how somebody can get started because as you said we're all running around we're all busy with jobs kids and then we're all trying to squeeze in our training as well. Yeah. And if we have the chance, or if we only have the option between going for a run or doing a yoga class, is it a question of just having the discipline to say, okay, this week I'm going to run five times, but maybe I need to do something like a yoga class so I can run the other five days okay and I can get to my start line of my race. Um, is it just a bit of mental strength required and a bit of belief and maybe a bit of a leap of faith to go, yeah, I need to dedicate one day a week or, or twice a week if we can to make sure I'm running for the other days when I do want to run? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm guilty myself of not not making the time for the stuff that probably is what I should be doing more like I, I know personally I keep saying I need to dedicate more time to to strength work which I get I, I do get from the yoga but like more specific strength work I avoid and I'm like nah but I want to go for a run or I want to do a yoga session I want to go for a bike but really in the long term that that one hour of yoga um could be you know the savior of your injuring <laughs> like so I I yeah. Instead of saying I don't have time, you do have time. It's just like how you choose to, to use it. And like you could go for a junk hour running, you know, like just yeah. junk miles and replace it with. But I guess what I would say starting off is it is very good to go to a class. Obviously, it's a little bit difficult at the moment with the whole COVID situation. But I think it is really good to go to an actual teacher so they can see how you're doing it. So it's like swimming. You think you're flying and then you look at yourself in the video and you're, you're, <laughs> it looks like you're drowning, you know. And it's the same with yoga. You can kind of think that you're going through a pose, but you could actually be doing it very wrong. So it is good to get somebody to look at you. But what I would say even starting off like is not to think about it doesn't have to be a full hour like a full hour is hard to commit for anyone you know and especially if you have work and family and training and everything but like just start with like 15 minutes like I would say 15 minutes three times a week is more valuable than one hour I shouldn't be saying this because I want everyone to come to my classes but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your own practice definitely like just break it down that you have like you know even 10 minutes a day um that it's more continual because if you if you just do your hour and like it's good to do the hour but you still want to be doing something outside that because you could do an hour every monday but you're you're kind of like it's the same with like when you get a, a massage you are actually um 
what's the word? I won't say tearing your muscles to, to re-engage. Mm. You'll feel sore the next day, but you'll keep feeling sore every week because you're not maintaining it, you know? So that, that's, that would be my advice is starting out, like not to think that it has to be a full hour, it has to be two hours a week. Just break it down into little chunks. And there's loads of good resources out there. Um, YouTube, I mean, the YouTube channel I set up initially, it was just a reaction to COVID. I had a lot of people coming to my classes um, when I was in the studio and then the lockdown happened and initially the YouTube was just there for them um, just to keep them going because I kind of thought it was only going to be for a month or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, I know from my own experience that when you go to say YouTube and you type in yoga, literally thousands of videos come up and that can be a little bit stressful a little bit overwhelming oh which one will i do which one is going to help me so like what i would say to people listening in or is actually to go to your youtube channel because just remove all the choice remove all the noise from the thousands of other youtube and um, yoga videos that are there because you're a runner you've you've gone through what what we're all going through and i saw a lot of your videos there yesterday and, and they were excellent and great great tips for for runners that are out there how long um would it be before a runner could see the benefit of say doing their one hour a week class whether it's yourself or looking at videos maybe following up two or three times a week as well if they can uh, how soon can you see success success and can you actually fix you know an interior pelvic tilt that i have can you fix dodgy hamstrings and so on um, can, can you reverse 10 years of pounding on roads absolutely <laughs> that was funny here <laughs> um no like i would say it really depends on where you're at you could you, there's no specific time everyone's going to be totally different i mean if you're quite tight i think i was saying this to you earlier i, I would see the biggest differences with my cyclists when they come to classes because a lot of them would be extremely tight from holding that same position on the bike from from for hours on end and um, so they will see more immediate effects because they, they might be a little bit tighter and depending on what kind of conditioning you've been doing yourself like maybe you have been doing a bit of stretch and a bit of strength work you know so you're probably not going to see the effects as immediate but um, most of the athletes that come to me would their feedback would be that they would feel that relief even after a class or two but it really depends on you know what you're working with I'd always say like if you're very tight in the hips you will feel some release you'll definitely feel the effects after one class but it's maintaining that and, and coming back things like your anterior pelvic tilt yeah, like definitely the stretching um, into the hips is going to be good, but really strengthening and working the muscles around what's what's happening, um, like, you know, stabilizing as opposed to just because as athletes, we actually do want to maintain a little bit of contractile tissue, you know, so if you just um, continue uh, stretching isn't going to help you necessarily as an athlete, you need to think about, well, why is this so tight and then are the surrounding muscles weakened because this is so tight so something like your hamstrings where they might feel really tight it's actually that they've been over lengthened and maybe instead of stretching into your hamstrings it's strength work that you need to do which you can get through yoga as well or you maybe you need some more specific strength work you know with a strength conditioning coach so it really depends on the person what the effects are going to be and and sometimes, like, I, I would do one-to-one -one sessions, which can be really helpful, you know, because when you're in a class, you're teaching to the general, and you're, you're kind of given as much information as you can, but until you actually work with a person one-on-one -on -one, uh, and really kind of find the, the, the root cause of their issues, it's hard to, 
to know how they're going to respond to a class you know okay and that's on the physical side and we've touched a little bit on the the mental side laura and how how does it balance up between that those moments of zen when you're you know i don't know if that's the right word even apologies if not Uh, just when, when you're when you're at one and you're peaceful in your yoga routine and so on but then you're in the heat of battle and you've been in the heat of battle over the last couple of years winning 50k road titles winning 50 mile ultra races super results in the Wicklow way as well you, you recently won the, the Kerry way light so when you're in these moments when you're battling with the competitor beside you are you getting all pumped up is the adrenaline running or are you going back to your your yoga room and going back to peace and tranquility and is that getting you through the physical pain and um, i'm fascinated just to hear how you balance it up and and how you got rid of mr ego as you mentioned at the start of the interview <laughs> i i uh, i like to think i got rid of mr ego but he does come back now and again like, i wouldn't say he's totally out of the picture <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i do i guess um I'm very much kind of uh, of the mindset of, you know, you can only control so much. So you can't control what's going on with your competitors or what training they've done or how they are on the day. So I'd be very much like, although you're competing and, you know, I've got my nemesis <laughs> and I actually love when they turn up because you get a good race. But at yeah. the end of the day, um, like I do kind of, I try not to, to lose the slot, like if I'm, if I'm failing <laughs> as such, like it's just kind of coming back to yourself and going, right, why am I here? Like, am I enjoying this? Like, that's a big thing with me. I don't really get into, like, I'm definitely serious, like, you know, when I, when I get to competing, but at the end of the day, if I start getting all stressed out and I'm really suffering and I'm really not enjoying it, I do start to question, like, and I do come back to that, kind of just tuning in with myself and kind of telling myself to cop on or whatever, like, you know, that this is supposed to be fun, like, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic approach. And, and like, say, during the week, would you have a structured training um, routine during the week with, I don't know, an hour on a Monday, sessions on a Tuesday, long running on a Sunday, or do you just totally mix it up? It really depends um, on what's coming up. Um, this year has been a total, uh, I don't know, doozy. I don't know because you know, I like I I had when I was training for the fifty k like Donna D. I had structure. I actually got Gary O'Hanlon to do me a program for the few months because I I lack structure and also for the pacing because I've um, a habit of just going hell for leather from the start and just hoping to hold on for dear life. Like so that wasn't going to happen. 50k um you know flat flatter run so that was really good and I actually enjoyed following the structure I didn't think I would but I, I really did uh, uh there was a lot of running um which there will be for a 50k but I I like to break it up with cycling and, and okay. like I don't compete with swimming anymore like I haven't done a triathlon in quite a while but I love the swimming for um like I just enjoy it and I just find it very nice on the body like um like for my recovery but you're still getting a little bit of aerobic as well and the bike generally what I'll do I'll I'll run and bike alternate days um but if I am specific run training like say for the 50k I kind of had to cut back on the bike quite a lot because I was finding I wasn't able to meet my paces like in speed sessions and stuff yeah. Yeah. this year like since the 50k and since everything kind of went AWOL 
there's been no structure. I've just been enjoying my training and picking races and hoping that they'll happen. Um, a lot of it, I was supposed to go to Nepal there back in May, and that had been a big focus of mine for a few years. And I was that's kind of why I kind of picked a lot of um, longer runs. And I was over in the Alps last summer and doing a lot of like do, doing the Tour de Mont Blanc and the Tour de Mont Rosa and whatnot. But uh, that kind of went bellies up. So then since then, um, I've just been, yeah, enjoying adventures kind of. And then when races come up, hoping that they'll go ahead and just so picking my train around that. Like the last couple of races weren't really um, planned. Um, two ultras and uh, the body's just been going from tapering to recovery so, so I feel like I haven't done any proper running training um, in the last couple of months because of that you know yeah yeah but it's refreshing to hear in one way Laura talk about your training because I think mountain and trail runners that come from a road running and track background it's all about the miles and the kilometers and getting out running every day where i think the, the more and more that i talk to successful trail and mountain runners now is that they're not actually running every day they're combining it with the bike you even mentioned swimming as well and to be successful in mountain running and trail running and um, you can get on the bike and you can go cycling and you get great benefit of it on the hills. Um, yeah. So it's certainly not just about junk miles, as you touched upon earlier in the interview. Um, we've seen, Laura, that you've, you've conquered Australia, you've conquered Canada, um, you've conquered Ireland in the last two years as well, with all those great race wins. Um, what about conquering the world, Laura? And what I, what I mean by that is, and I'm serious, that you have this, you have this incredible talent incredible talent and um, how ambitious are you how far do you think you can go or do you even allow yourself to think that way and what i mean by that is i heard you mention utmb do you think you'd go over to utmb and get a top 10 do you even think about it would you like to run for ireland in the in the trail and mountain running world championships what what do you think your limits are I just, I, you mentioned UTMB. Um, I guess like part of, I mean, I went to the Alps last year as kind of um, part of the training for Nepal and a friend of mine, Niall, joined me for the, we just did the Tour de Mont Blanc, but over like four days and I really enjoyed it. But actually after it, it kind of put me off doing UTMB, like the full, I wouldn't mind doing CC because it's so beautiful that I just want to do it in the dark. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to suffer. Um, so I don't know I, I, I kind of have to sit back I wouldn't say it's not on the cards but um, from doing it as, as a recce as such um, it kind of it kind of uh, it, I would say ignited the, the bug or you know, put, put the flame out but, 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 no, what about going to win it <laughs> forget about enjoying it because these results are incredible. And do, do, do you think about going over to try and, and win it or, or come in the top three? Or, or do you avoid thinking that I way? don't really think about it, to be honest. Like, I guess um, it's funny because um, I was telling my sister, she's, she lives over in Reno in Nevada, and she was always yeah. asking me like, about doing the Western States, and she'd be my crew. This was like, going on for years. And I was like, ah, no, I'll wait, I'll wait like done all the, the shorter, fast stuff and maybe someday, but then I saw from the Kerryway Ultra is going to be a qualifier. So that was reignited recently. And, uh, but like, no, like I don't really have any 
like Nepal was a big thing for me. That was the, the Himal 2020. So it was like, it's only run every four years. So that's why there was kind of a build up to it. Sure. And it's like a multi-day foot race. So over like 26 days, you've about a thousand K um, at altitude. And something like that, conquering that interests me more than a win. Do you know? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a winner of it, but I don't think there's a prize. But I love that. I think it's the journey, to be honest. Like, not to sound cheesy about it, but sure. like yeah. the win, obviously, is great. Like, but for me, it's more about the experience than the journey and just loving it, enjoying it. Like, and yeah, uh, yeah. Any inter- any interest in running for Ireland, Laura? At all? Um, can can I get the Imre um, <laughs> competition guys to give you a call to try and get you signed up for an Irish team? oh yeah I mean that's the you know I mean like I am competitive don't get me wrong like and you know I do enjoy that side to it too like so absolutely but it's not I don't really have a kind of a a bucket list as such like every year I hear something else I'm like oh that sounds great like Cape Wrath that sounds interesting to me like um Ultra Tour de Mont Rosa actually probably appeals to me more than uh, UTMB because it's a little there's less people doing it um, I kind of tend to s- stay away from the massively commercial races, uh, and I think maybe it's going back. I'm, not that I'm, I'm against Ironman, but um, I, I don't really like the, the bigger kind of commercial kind of um, style races. And I think UTMB has gotten. I shouldn't say this probably because I'll, I'll probably get slapped in the hand. But I think it's gotten quite like that. Um, yeah, it, it is. I've been there myself the last couple of years, Laura, and I can honestly say that it is a wonderful, wonderful week of trail running, yeah. but it is like a, a summit of all the major brands in the trail world as well. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it takes away from the week, not. but, but, but you, you'll see all the pro athletes there and all the big sponsors around Chamonix and so on, which some people might like it, some people might not. Um, but as you said as well, it is a beautiful, beautiful place to go run to. Um, and I can tell you, Lord, there's, there's lots of athletes going around with professional contracts that wouldn't have the same set of results that you have as well. Um, so if you did go there one year, I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you really, <laughs> really kick some European ass over there because uh, and you, you would do the, the Irish flag proud if you did go over, I'm sure. Um, Lord, Lord, it sounds like you're in a wonderful place right now and I wish you all the best with your yoga classes. Laura, if anybody does want to reach out to you and either with a private consultation or join join one of your excellent yoga for athletes classes, how can they do it? Um, well, I mean, there, I do have the YouTube channel, but to contact me directly, just via Facebook, really. Um, I am on Instagram, but I'm not very active on it. Um, but you can contact me on, on Instagram or or just, uh, yeah, my Facebook. It's just me running down Crow Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And Laura, the final question that we ask everybody on the show, um, what's your favourite place to train in? Probably where I am right now. So uh, I recently actually moved house. With it. I, I'm from Dundalk and I just moved out the road a bit closer to Carlingford. So the Cooley Mountains here in Louth is a little mecca for them. I'm trying to keep it a secret, so I'm not very good at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love, uh, I've always loved coming home to the Cooleys. Um, would have done a lot of hiking uh, with my dad and that and my sister growing up. Um, so yeah, the Cooleys, hands down. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been the first time that we've spoken as well, and, and I look forward to the senior person, hopefully at the start line of a race in the not-too-distant future. And in the meantime, I'll be checking out your YouTube um, hip flexors video later on tonight. So, uh, Laura, thanks a million for, for joining us on the Trail Winning Ireland podcast. Great stuff. Thanks a million for having me on.